Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. My name's Jonah. I'm Steven. Brad. And how are you? Hey, we're good. What if they could answer? I know. That would be weird. Let's that, that wouldn't be weird. There'd be a phone call. Let's just like let's be quiet for a second, let them answer. <laughs> That's like every children's show I watch <laughs> every day of my life. It's kind of patronizing. <laughs> well now I feel like now my kids are starting to answer and I don't know how to feel about it. I know. I remember when my when Barrett was too young and like she wouldn't answer and I was wondering, is she ever gonna answer or is she too smart? <laughs> and then she started answering and I kind of felt a little bit of satisfaction because I think they say that TV is is not harmful to kids if they interact and and or you interact with them while they're watching it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if they just turn into the zombie, then it's detrimental. It doesn't do any good. But if there's interaction, even on a show that's not necessarily educational, that it can be stimulating to their neural cortex. It also is a good way to teach that animals are harmless and won't ever hurt you. Don't listen to that mouse or tiger. They will kill you in real life. <laughs> also, it seems like a good way to save money on babysitters, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Kids of the 70s, be, am I right? Absolutely. I, I feel like I would be the worst parent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, I remember when Steven, I think it was you, told me, you're like, you can't leave your kid alone ever. I was like, but you can go like shower and like run out, do errands and stuff. And you're like, no, you have to watch them all the time. I was like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they tend to, they tend to die <laughs> brad well, was the one that said right before, before we had ours you went yeah we keep trying to leave them alone hoping they figure it out but they just don't get it <laughs> yeah it takes years and years and years well your kids are all still alive so nice work we're doing well, doing well. Uh, speaking of doing well uh today's guest on the podcast uh barry and matt from joyce manor joyce manor blowing up and rightfully so because yeah. they're awesome so their new record never hung over again just came out and it is so good it's so good they're so good and it's nice that when you talk to someone and like their music a lot and oh they're cool too that's nice that's good yeah um yeah so i didn't know that much about them and i have a really good friend who took the photo for their art and has been talking about them for years and uh Saw them play at Rough Trade, their seat to release. They were here show. for a day. They flew in for They're a here day, for one and day. Did our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, which was very cool of them. And their show was super funny. So suck it, NME. <laughs> and, Rolling Stone. Uh, I think they're touring again, they said in September. I think they'll do like a full a full run. Um, but you everyone should check out the record. It's I guess it's like a punk record, sort of, but it's it's really interesting. They have their own sound and style, which is I find rare and nice. Yeah, they're one of those few bands that I go sounds like uh, it's punk, but sounds like them. I don't yeah, know if that makes sense. I feel like yeah, this is something we talked about with them, which is probably more interesting than us talking about it by ourselves. Yeah, we should let it go. So maybe we should just just uh, listen to Barry and Matt from Joyce Manor uh, talk about how awesome they are. Um, should we do this? Yeah, I think we have to. Okay. Welcome to Going Off Track. How's it going? I'm Jonah. Steven is here. And today we're joined by Barry and Matt from Joyce Manor. Hello. Hello. Gentlemen, before we begin, I have to tell you how I heard of Joyce Manor. Go on. It was the gentleman sitting directly in front of me that people can't see because they're listening to this. Mr. Jonah Bayer said, <laughs> dude, you have to check out this fucking band. And the band Jawbreakers was used as a, as a reference point, which is always key for me. Yeah. Whenever Jawbreaker comes out, I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm sold. And uh, I have to be honest, just I don't hear Jawbreaker in a very positive way because I like you guys. You have your own sound and I dig it. 
Yeah, I'm, a bit. I'm a I'm a big fan of Jawbreaker too, but I, I don't really hear it either. No, nope. maybe in the guitars. The guitars are dissonant, but kind of melodic. Is that something but people say? Did I say that? The, you said all that, yeah. The time. Oh, really? I, think, I don't remember. Like saying almost that. every, like especially after the first record, like the punk news community were like, like they're you know they're they're just today's like the this generation's Jawbreaker. It's like. I don't know. That's like that's very flattering to say, but also I don't think it's really true. Yeah, I don't think it, I think it's an apt comparison in the fact that you're both good. You know what I mean? Thanks. Like it, it's great, and I really enjoy it. I've heard other bands say the same thing though, like what like that they get compared to Drop. Like Lawrence Arms get it a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't really think Lawrence Arms sound like Drop. Yeah, they just get it because there's three of them, and they don't sound like them at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's when you if you're you know a, a big fan of Drop and I mean that's my favorite band, is that you you look for that because they don't make new music anymore yeah and so when you find anything that even subtly hints at something that you like you're going to pull that comparison in not that they sound like it but because that's the standard you're holding them yeah. up to. you know does that make sense definitely so you guys flew out here to play the show last night and then you're flying right back yeah what's that like that's intense <laughs> it is intense yeah we've been here for a few days though okay we've been kind of taking our time and hanging out uh so you guys had this thing last night uh, where you broke a couple strings. Oh, God. And this was like, while this was happening, this is like my nightmare. It was such a nightmare. And I thought you guys handled it so well. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it didn't feel like it. <laughs> didn't feel like it. I feel like if we had a guitar ready, that would have been handling it I well. also feel like it took, it probably felt so much longer to you than it did okay, for anyone cool. else. Okay, cool. That's what I was hoping, that's because I mean. So Jonas said it clocked in about 15 minutes. Is that true? <laughs> I think it might have. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> was it something like that? I don't know. It's probably like 10 minutes or something. It was a, it was a but solid, people actual up to tell jokes. IRL 10 minutes. Um, but that's the thing. Like, me and my friend, uh, there was my friend Ren, and she was like, well, normally you have another band on tour so you can just borrow a guitar from or something. Yeah. Just you guys. Be just, just us. No openers. No openers. No gear. We were kind of the opener. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and the headliner. And the headliner was Common, because he was, like, signing records after. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, has that... Has that happened before i mean that what? was the first show we've ever played that was we were the only band and yes i broke strings a lot yeah <laughs> just i'm not yeah, not super prepared um what preventative maintenance is only something that irritates me like it irritates me if people like take their car in just to get like so you don't get up. like before tour you don't like get it, your guitar set up i don't yeah our other guitar player is very responsible and it <laughs> irritates me that he's so like because he, he's like on on like my ass about it but like if he wasn't like that, it would just be a nightmare. So you don't go for the annual physical, the doctor. You I haven't been to the doctor up. in years and years. How about the eye doctor? You guys <laughs> no, are both glasses wearing Didn't go goods. to the eye doctor either. I uh, no. just brought my old glasses in. These, I think this prescription's like out of date. Hmm. <laughs> it's fucking, it's horrible. I can see it from here, dude. What are you, like a minus three? Like I actually, yeah, I just, I don't know, I'm nearsighted. So I can, I can't see like street signs and shit like that. I was the one stars. of you. Yeah, what have you, LASIK? Laser beams, yeah. Nice. I right was, you recommend it? It works, right? I totally recommend it. Excellent. Uh, two things they won't tell you. Um, insurance doesn't pay for it. It's expensive as balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and two, it hurts worse than a tattoo. Okay, wow. Yeah. The, the, and the doctor, not even the doctor will tell you that until you're lying there with <laughs> clockwork orange <laughs> things in your eyeballs holding them God open. Damn. And then laser beams in your face for a good four minutes. And that's where uh, I they learned should play to- like Floyd in the background, so like psychedelic, <laughs> psychedelic pain. Well, that ride. would just upset me. Yeah, actually, unless it was Piper, I guess I could handle that record. But um, Sid Barrett, purist. But it's it's pretty fucking agonizing. Yeah, but, mine's yeah. were corrected by bifocals. I yeah, got, I got bifocals as a kid. 
And then I went to that doctor, and they were like, you don't need glasses anymore. And they were like, if you get them when you're really young, mm-hmm. those huge ones, they can oh, actually whoa. correct your vision. Yeah. And, yeah. You can still do that, actually. I think, Bob, for air, for pilots, like if you want to go into the Air Force and you have to have 20-20, you can over time wear lenses, and it will slowly but surely correct it. Huh. Because your eyes are a muscle, I guess it just works the muscle and gets mm-hmm. it. I guess so, yeah. Back in shape. Eyes also don't feel pain. It's the it's the really? uh, the eyelid. So if you get something jabbed in your eyeball, just doesn't hurt. It. No, it doesn't hurt. Just keep your fucking eyes open. Cool. And then yeah, yeah. I um, learned that as a camp counselor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just watched. Did you guys see that remake of Old Boy? That Spike Lee one. No. There's like some really graphic kind of stuff like that in it, and I can't even like listen to. Like the idea of something getting jammed in an eyeball just freaks because me out. Because of that movie? Yeah. I'm definitely the same way. I'm really, really squeamish about like uh, violence or anything yeah. like that. It, like, I don't know. I can't. I don't like body stuff. Like I, like the idea of pregnancy is like upsetting, like like physically upsetting <laughs> to me. It's not going to happen to you. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I mean in health class we watched like a, a video of a woman giving birth and I turned like sheet white and like the teacher had to like take me outside and was like, it's what kind of birth, natural or cesarean? She was giving birth, and I just, like, everyone, like, I don't know, everyone else was like, it was mm-hmm. gross, but no one else fucking went, like, completely white and looked like they were going to, like, pass out. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Just stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not into it either. I, mean, I, I don't know. No, that's why you go for the cesarean, man. I think, I think everybody feels weird about body out. stuff. Like, the idea, I don't know, like, like, some, like, if I, like, imagine, like, my cat's lungs, it, like, makes me feel, like, really, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like the idea of, like... People having like body parts they have to like rely on and like thinking about those the, how they work and shit. But you know, on tour, like accidents happen, people get hurt. Does that freak you out? Like in real life, like for me, it's if it's pretend. Like I can't watch CSI without freaking out. Like I'm just, not, I'm not, I can't handle it. But if it's something real, like seeing someone getting really hurt, you know, first thought is how can I help? But then it's, yeah, doesn't doesn't phase me like blood. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's it's very specific things like. Like, okay, the idea of someone having, like, a finger broken, like, sideways. Oh, off, God, yeah. I can handle that. Really? Surprisingly. <laughs> but, like, internal organs, I don't know, like, it freaks me out. Freaks huh. me out. Really bad. Preventative maintenance. I don't like <laughs> I, Yeah, preventative, yeah, preventative maintenance. I Which don't is like a it. great album title, but not a good band name. Uh, <laughs> I think it's so awesome wearing a Left 4 Dead shirt, and I just want to talk about Canadian hardcore. Oh, yeah. Um, Chokehold. Love Chokehold. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Great um, band. Do you guys listen to a lot of heavier stuff as well, would you say? Uh, not as much as I used to, but yeah. When the band first started, we were, I think, all, it, like, we listened to a lot more of that stuff, and we were, like, in a pop-punk band that secretly wanted to be a hardcore band and didn't re- even realize it. We were like, oh, yeah, pop-punk band, and then just, like, I don't know, placed way too loud and intensely, you know, just because, like, I... I always like seeing like hardcore bands live more than other bands live. I, feel I just think it's more exciting. Yeah. Not any, I mean, these days, like a lot of times I feel like I kind of rolling my eyes at a lot of that stuff when I go see hardcore bands. But when I was younger, I definitely like I bought it. You know, I was like, damn, this is fucking this is tight. Yeah. But, I, I, I don't know if it's maybe that I'm getting older or just that the newer stuff that's come out in the last couple of years has done nothing for me. Yeah, just like the mis- the mysterious trend in hardcore and like a lot of music, like the just the uh, yeah, so the, many the, hardcore. It's bands. really apolitical and like nihilistic, and just, I'm not that yeah into that. Which is what I like, you know, what I loved about like Chokehold and Left for Dead and bands like that is that it's like so fucking passionate and like you know, seeing Drop Dead a couple of years ago at uh, Chaos was just like so inspiring because it's like the polar opposite of that shit that I hate now. Yeah, I just saw Infest just played here. 
And that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, what was interesting about your music is I feel like it's, I don't know how to articulate this, like in the sense like it's some, some of it is like four chord and very straightforward, but I feel like you guys have a very distinctive sound that you kind of make it your own. Mm. I mean, do you think that just develops from sort of playing together for over years or something? Cause I feel like on paper it kind of, I, I think, know. I think it kind of just comes from, uh, I, f- one of the, the, it's really important when you write songs to completely trust your gut. Um, I think that because we've put out like so such a small amount of material, it's always just when like you like doing as little thinking as possible while writing and just kind of like uh, reacting to it. Maybe more. Um, I don't. I don't know what the what the word I'm looking for is, but uh, just just knowing when it's right and like letting things be right. I think that's you know maybe that's how. Let me help you. Yeah, a friend of mine is a poetry professor. Okay, but the and, guy who's not in a band and, help you. I no. will help you. No, because because yeah. I, I was always because <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't want to say I'm a poetry fan, but like he was my roommate in college, and I would have to deal with his Pablo Narita shit all the time, <laughs> and it was great. But and I learned to to like it, but I never thought I would. And then he would write poems, and I'm like, I really enjoy that. And it's and it sounds like stupid, pretentious, and I hate art, but I love it. But it's. I never understood how he put this together. And I said, how do you do it? And he said, well, you write everything down, you take out what's shit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I think that when you, it's gonna, I don't know, when you do that and you succeed in doing that, you probably have something that's special and that, like, is gonna, like, set it apart from things that aren't, I don't know. So, like, if you're saying, like, we have, like, a kind of, like, unique sound that's our own, I think that's just because, like, it's a matter, it's like, like a, the result of a lot of editing and taking out anything that's like, you know, we were going for this and didn't quite succeed. It's just like whenever something is uh, just in its most natural state, you know, like of where it's just, I don't know. It's hard to talk about how you guys have a voice because you do. And that's what's interesting about your band to me because, you, you know, you get to a point in your life where you don't listen to as many bands because you've heard a lot and you want to hear something new or you want to hear something different or you want to hear something that speaks to you. And your band, I really enjoy. And I'm not like jaded, dude. I just, I don't seek out as much as I used to. And when I first heard you, I was like, okay, there's something here. And I find that with bands, a lot of that is just getting the right dudes together. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how you decided to get together and appeal to my ears personally, but thank you. (laughs) Well played. So how did that happen? Are you all, were you guys all uh, born in L.A.? We're all from the same, yeah, we're all from the South Bay, okay, uh, which is like Torrance specifically, mm-hmm. and uh, Barry and I had been playing music together a lot before then. We've been playing, I guess now it's been like 10 years. Since we were 17. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we met at a bowling alley when we were 14. in middle school. And uh, What'd you roll? Oh, not great. We it was like kids. a youth league. It was really fun. Okay. And you guys just did an interview at the end where you guys bowled or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah at that? the same place. It was cool. And was uh, cool. also Chase used to work at that bowling alley. Okay, cool. That bowling alley is like a big part of our band. I had a great pun about that. Uh, I'm really into puns. I saw the pun. If you have some Sorry. spare time. Yeah, spare time. <laughs> I'm going to read it. There yeah. it is. Well yeah. done. Well played. Thank you. I think right there we've just discovered what's so great about this band is we all met in a bowling alley, which is just a place everyone enjoys. And if you don't, you suck. <laughs> like, how can how can joy and art not come from that? Yeah. I was in a bowling league growing up. Did you guys ever do that? Like an after school... 
where you're on a team. And yeah, that's, that's where we went. Oh, gotcha. yeah. We weren't on the same team. We were on opposing teams, but... Did you, how were you guys? Because I felt like my average went up every year, and then I hit, like, a ceiling where, like, I can't get over, like, a 125 or 150 or something. I only did it the one summer. Yeah. But we actually, we won first place through a loophole because when we first started, none of us really bowled, and then there was all these, like, nerds that bowled with their dads all the time, you know, who were, like, good at bowling. Right. And we showed up, like, bowl, like, a 40, you know what I mean? But what they do uh, is they give you, like, a handicap if you're really bad. So you start the game with, like, points if you suck. Okay. And as we bowled every weekend, we got better, but we still had this, like, leftover, like, handicap. Then, So we were, like, bowling, you know, a 110 but getting, like, a 220. <laughs> and so we won first place, and all these, like, kids who can actually bowl were just like... I love the, it. Yeah, what the fuck? Left with the trophy. Like, did not bowl the best, but got a trophy. Their dads were not happy. Yeah. yeah rest imagine. assured. Yeah. They're all league dads. Yeah, they were, cause they were like, these, they were definitely kids whose dads would like, I'm gonna like watch them bowl and like tell them, you know. But my parents just drop me off and be like, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, even better. That's cool. I love yeah. it. Hands yeah. off parenting. Yes. Paid so, off. So, what was the situation with the new record? Obviously, it's on Epitaph. Did you guys kind of have more time in the studio? Was it like a different experience? Yeah, we, it's two weeks this time yeah. instead of, uh, in the past, it's been like more like, between a week and like 10 days the second record we did in three days but that's kind of weird like we went and recorded it failed and then went back and did it in like three days or two days what does that mean failed it you forgot to quick. record or it just didn't come out good like we really? i don't know it was we got to the studio and realized that we really didn't have it together we yeah like, yeah this record's not ready at all yeah <laughs> and what and so when would you just go back practice more or focus more on the songs yeah if we had a month and I went home and rewrote, like, most of it. And then uh, we just went up there and, like, crossed, like, you know, did it somehow. Like, the dude that was recording was like, you are not going to be able to do this in two days. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, what do you want to What do you want to fix about the last one we did? And I was like, well, I rewrote all of it, so I'm just going to re-record the record in two days. And he was just like, Yeah, he didn't love all that. Right. Yeah, he was actually in awe when we did it. He's like, you, you guys did it. This and how do you crazy. do it? You go and track it all or you play live? What do you like? We did bass and drums live. This the first time we recorded everything live, and that's that's the one that didn't come out good. <laughs> I had a cold, and I sang anyway, and then completely blew out my voice, so I just didn't have a voice the whole time we were there. So there's all these like vocal takes that are just like so so bad. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, we we just re when the second time when we retracked it, just bass and drums live, and then tracked everything over that. You're gonna release that one as the demo, right? We have yeah. a yeah, we have some of it that we were thinking of putting out on like a, I don't know, CDR tour only thing or something. Fuck, I don't know <laughs> CDR. But the new record went a lot smoother. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right, good. we yeah. we more prepared. we had everything completely ready to go for the studio. It's definitely a record we wanted to be able to play live. Yeah, so it was just <laughs> a matter of tracking it. There was not a lot of writing that went down in the studio at all. And how much influence did Brett have? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Brett was great. Um, I feel like a lot of people are very sensitive when kind of ad like addressing your your songs that you've written and maybe making suggestions um, that, you know, it's going to be like really damaging to the person's ego or something. But Brett and I hashed out really quick that it's like, dude, if you feel something should be a certain way, like just speak up and like. I might disagree. I might totally see where you're coming from. Um, and yeah, he, once, once we kind of established that, cause it, like 
he kind of was pretty vocal about let's try to make the songs a little longer and we did and it was it was definitely for the best i think there's actually only like one instance where he uh where he had an idea that we that we followed through on um other than that it was his idea to get the guy to who mixed it to mix it it was his idea to get the guy to master it uh howie weinberg mastered it and then uh he sequenced the record which is awesome because he also sequenced out come the wolves that's so funny because when you're uh when, I, when you're saying like brett wanted it one of the songs longer my first thought was this uh interview with uh rancid for out come the wolves Wow. Which is, I was just listening to that record last night. It's so great. Um, Me too. Yeah, I was thinking about like how perfect, I was like how perfect this record is, you know, and how, yeah. how, how often I listen to it. And I remember that tour. But there was an interview with them and said, um, so how long are the songs? And he was like, and Lars apparently went with this interview. Yeah, there's no ballads. There's nothing over like two and a half minutes. <laughs> no, no ballads, which yeah. is wrong. Yeah, that's not yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. Like Jimmy played guitar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that was like, I guess the joke of it. But that's very funny. Yeah. So when you said make songs longer, what are they running at? Like two thirty, two forty? Uh, no. A lot of them are like around the just about two minutes or like one a minute forty. Perfect. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know. I I kind of over time developed this anxiety about writing songs where as soon as I have something good going, I want to like just get out and like finish it while it's while I have like the something good going. But I feel like that I got kind of like I got kind of carried away with that, and so anytime I had a good idea, I was just like really adamant about not i don't know a- adding to it and making it like real song length well it kind of worked for buddy holly i mean his songs don't even clock at two minutes you yeah know? or pixies you know yeah like, yeah yeah there's a there's somebody else that i was i, I listened to recently or the everly brothers yeah mm-hmm. i listened to their best of and it's like it was like 19 minutes long mm-hmm. and i don't think anybody like fucking gave them a hard time about it no. You ever right. listen to Buddy Holly's New York apartment recordings? Like no. his last recordings? They're incredible. Really? Yeah. Fuck. They're all like home recordings. You can hear his wife like putting away dishes in the background and shit. And they're just like so much better than anything he recorded. You ever see the biopic with Steve Boucher? Or uh, Gary, Gary, Busey. Gary, Gary Busey. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's man. weird. No, yeah. really? Doesn't oh, look shit like Buddy Holly, but it's, it was a great casting. It's yeah. the Buddy because Holly story. And he still will do a Buddy Holly set. Like he'll still go out and play. Oh, because he, he actually sang. Yeah. On it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, sang. It. Awesome. He did the whole thing. Gary Busey. It's, yeah, you he love doesn't this like movie. It's shit great. like Buddy Holly, but it, yeah, it's <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like, and that whole band, man. Like, uh, you look. That's I remember w- watching uh, the crickets on some you know old clip, obviously. But <laughs> you really learn that no one ever gave a shit about miking drums because he's hitting every goddamn drum and yeah. you can barely yeah. hear it. That's why Ringo Starr like always did nothing because they never mic'd it yeah and the drums were even when they played shea stadium they didn't mic a damn thing so yeah. it was always mm-hmm. the beat was always a little bit after but and then i think was he the drummer the bass player who wrote um i fought the law one of the oh crickets. no way yeah he's one, one of the two of the crickets like of course of course yeah of course from the crickets did that yeah. that's crazy awesome hey, yeah there- i was thinking about um like where buddy holly's career might have gone if he lived because he was starting you know he was like living in Greenwich Village and, like, starting to get into that whole thing, like, in the late 50s, right before that shit started up. And, like, I think he would have had a really important career in the 60s. It, it's, what, he was, like, what, 20 or something? It was... It's like, 23, I think. It was, uh, it, yeah, I think about the Big Bopper the same way. <laughs> Chantilly Lace? Yeah, man. <laughs> the day the music crashed. <laughs> 
I knew that you were going to follow that up with something like that. Stupid and ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Take something nice and poignant about a person's <laughs> yeah, career. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's just, a nice moment. And, and just <laughs> stick a fork in his ass. That's how I roll. No, not at all. Someone wrote it. I can't remember if it was either a book or an essay. Someone please listening, check me out on it. That was Buddy Holly was the first Ramon. Yeah. Cool. Which makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. He wasn't as uh, inhuman looking as the Ramones. That's one interesting thing mm-hmm. about the Ramones to me. Joey Ramone does not look like, does not resemble a human being. No. He looks I, like a reptilian, like halfway through and, transforming. And up, he, and up close, his, because the way his face was. Did you ever meet him? Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's, um, I was at the last show in LA. Oh, wow. And he, he, you know, it's just like, and I remember seeing them and, you know, his, uh, like if his glasses were here and his nose, his eyes were back here. It's just yeah. the way he was made. And, um, remember that was the last pit I ever got in in my life was at a Ramon show because it was so heavy. And Did they play really fast? Oh, yeah. At the end, they started playing really fast. They, th- they, all, they try to like keep up with like 90s punk. They were like, yeah. No, like, dude, listen, they punk. always play that way. Listen to It's Alive. It's they they sped up everything and have you ever seen the, the documentary End of the Century? Mm-hmm. It's great. You know when they talk about how with Richie Ramone, who's the best drummer in the band, they you know they, they cut like fifteen minutes off their set because you just play so fast. They, they would speed up everything. It's great. <laughs> they want to get through their whole catalog. One of the weirdest tours I ever saw. And we talked when our tour was here was uh, the Ramones White Zombie did this co-headlining tour. Sick and like switched off sets. Nice. Yeah, and it was Whoa. so so weird. I was really into White Zombie as a kid. Me too. Dude, super, super into White Zombie. Yeah. Thunder Kiss, like, and all oh, yeah. that. More you ever heard human. really early White Zombie? I, I think, like, I sort of got into it when I was, like, going through my phase, but I wasn't, I didn't listen to it as much. I heard it about a year ago. It's, like, uh, more kind of, like, Jesus Lizard or something like that. It's, like, it sounds like a band. It's, it's okay. like, not all, like, I don't know. Like whatever, Killing Joke house. or something? It's kind of like Killing Joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. It's kind of like noisy guitar playing, and then like he does that whole kind of like I don't know. Yeah, I remember it's kind of cool. Their guitar player Jay, that guy with the dreads, Jay, whatever. He used to have a column Guitar World, mm. and, it, and I liked it because like he was always like, "My guitar parts aren't that hard." I'm really. He was always talking about how insecure he was about his guitar playing. And that's <laughs> how I feel too. Yeah, I'm like everything's like a bar chord or something, and I was like, and I was, but I feel like in those magazines, everyone's like, "Check out this lick." Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't really know why I'm in this magazine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I saw them open for anthrax and they were main support and the opening band was a uh, quicksand oh wow and and my friends and i went and we got there super early because we wanted to see quicksand and there was like 20 people there to see quicksand and i remember <laughs> that moment looking around going this is gonna have an impact on how i think about music forever because why is there no one else here to see this fucking band yeah and people had their faces painted white and then we watched white zombie come out and they were Awesome. Yeah. I had a conversation about Anthrax with Jerry Only two days ago. Wow. My At the AP Awards? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was God. working on the... I wrote, Anybody else's feet hurt from that? <laughs> Dude, it was incredible. It was. <laughs> I was working on the script. I was like the script supervisor. So I had... Uh, so in Brad, I had to meet with Joe Perry like five minutes before it started. Oh, whoa. <laughs> like they were like, Joe Perry needs to talk to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, he's in his dressing room in the rock. So I like run over there and he's like, Slash is hanging out. And Joe Perry's like sitting behind this desk with his feet up, like rolling a cigarette with his manager. And he's like, I want to change my speech. I'm like, okay. okay." Like it starts in like minutes. You said you wanted to be about hot sauce? No, he like had like really good changes, but it was like, I couldn't read his writing. He was like, and then uh, he was really nice, but it was weird. But he was, he did a good job. Cool. Does he have that Cruella DeVille hair? Yep. 
Yeah, he's looking kind of old. Yeah. He's short, too. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. He is short. He's very short. Every Everyone is short. Yeah. Hopefully, I've learned. Like, Hopefully Joe Perry doesn't hear this podcast. Joe, is, yeah. we're, we're trying to get him on. So, Joe, if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening, Joe. We, we like had, your hair. We had your tattooist. <laughs> your hair looks cool. Actually, yeah, yeah. We had your, you don't look old, dude. We had your tattooist on a few years, uh, uh, one of our early podcasts, and um, he's still waiting for that check, <laughs> which is true. Um, but yeah, I saw a Misfit show where Michael Graves didn't show up. This was like 12 years ago, and... They had like Scott Ian and John Bush from Anthrax and stuff singing Misfit songs with the band. Oh, that's kind of like, that was got, probably better, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was probably was. He'd gotten arrested or something. <laughs> for, 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 uh, he's, I, I've met him. He's actually a very cool guy. I was talking um, about or, or a couple of days ago with my friend about uh, American Psycho, the, uh-huh. Mis- the Misfits record, and how when I was a kid, I bought that one because it looked coolest. And that was easily my favorite yeah. <laughs> until I was like told that it's like completely unacceptable for that to be your favorite. Like I heard the other stuff and I was like, this stuff. Like collection one, collection no two, good. whatever. American Psycho is fucking good. And I like still remember the songs and I like still think it's kind of tight. Brad and I were just talking about the Misfits the other day about how like you, you if you listen to the Misfits records, you're like, man, they're amazing. And then you listen to any bootleg, you're like, this is the worst band ever. Oh, I love that shit. They're all, it's all Even- tuning. Evil Live. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that, that's, live. That's oh, okay. sweetened up, man. That's that's yeah, totally yeah, yeah. sweetened up. They. Oh, I thought you meant play. on the on the um in like the coffin box set. There's a disc that's all just like demos and stuff, and that's that stuff's like my favorite. Oh, she Those on my the favorite. keyboard. Oh yeah, yeah, that is so awesome. It's so good. I like yeah. that shit for sure. I'll yeah. listen to every version. They of had Angel that. Ja- Fuck, they I had that find. weird like jazz yeah. drummer. So good. Yeah, dude. What was up with that? Have you ever heard that? Uh, David, the dude from Slint. Uh, pa- Pajo, Pajo. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard his covers thing? He has this thing called Scream for Me. That's all these. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. All these acoustic covers of Misfit songs. Oh, they they're good? super mellow, and you just did it on cassette. It's incredible. Wow, that sounds awesome. That does sound. You guys should check it out. He just and I, I was talking. I actually talked to him about it. I saw him at the Slint show, and he was like, did it at his friend's house, just like recorded on a cassette just for fun, and just left it there and forgot about it. And they found it, and we're like, we should put this out. Whoa, yeah. is that the guy that was in Tortoise and Zwan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's incredible because it's like they have like a whole different like emotional resonance. Like because the lyrics can yeah. be kind of dark, like depressing, but not as. He's tough. a sad, lonely New Jersey guy hanging out in his mom's basement watching horror movies. Exactly. Not a lot of friends. No. Yeah, you can definitely hear it in in the early stuff. And then he drank the Kool Aid. You know, like lonely and Lodi. Yeah. <laughs> they were offered, uh, like I don't know, like a million years ago to to reunite in Japan. And and the story I heard is that they had a meeting, and they were definitely going to do it. And then Jerry was the one who was like, "Well, let me finish this tour of my Misfits." And the story goes, Glenn went fuck off and just took and just said, "Forget yeah. it." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I saw him do a Misfits set with Doyle, like in yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. It was good. They st- they still do that. Yeah, yeah. And then thought- he, he did the Danzig set, and I hated the Danzig set, but really? the Misfits set was awesome. Really? See, he just he should just play that first Danzig record, and then I'd be fine. There's a, it was two good songs on that. The you like the whole thing? Oh, I love it! Yeah, I like Twisted Cane and Mother. I yeah. like the music videos. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I've never seen them. Hilarious! I've but, never listened to Samhain. Samhain's good. Is there some good stuff? Yeah, I've never definitely. listened to it. It's, I mean, there's got to be some good tracks. Oh yeah, you know, it definitely sounds like. Uh, sounds like the Davey Havoc Samhain yeah. Samhain band. Uh, yeah. Son of Sam. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that because I always was try to learn those early dancing songs on guitar, and I suck at doing pinch harmonics. Yeah, and I was always like, ugh. Like it just bummed me out. Yeah, just ruined the music yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, because that would always. Yeah. Do you feel like is it hard for you to listen to your own music and not think about how to play each part while you're listening to it? 
No, I don't feel like my brain really works like that. Really? I'm really not musically minded. I think like the music got a lot better on this record because our guitar player Chase wrote a lot of the like I would write like the very skeleton of the song and then he would like, Oh, let's make it all beautiful. And yeah. like add like a bunch of stuff to it and I was like, Whoa and then I could kind of work with that. Like once you would like change it, I could like kinda of see where he was going and then be like, Oh, what about this? What about this? But I, I'm not Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't really think about that when I'm listening to it. I don't think about like how to play it on guitar or like the that kind of shit. I don't, so you like to think I can't about the song it. as opposed to like the arrangement. I, it's not really up to me. I, I you know, I, I don't, just don't hear music like that. Like I don't, I, when I'm listening to a band, I don't imagine like how that's played or anything. But I, I know, I definitely have friends who talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess just because I don't really know anything about it. I think I we're really know, zeroing like, in onto the secret of this band. I like it. You know, well, you, like most, most people like know scales and shit, right? Right. Well, I sort of. Yeah, not, not, not everybody, but I feel like an understanding of that would give you more of an understanding of when you're listening to other bands hearing like oh that's like in this scale and like oh like this key i don't know my band has played an open d d a d f a d for the last like six years so i feel like i can't even play guitar like a regular guitar anymore <laughs> like yeah. i don't even know how yeah see even that like i i, I don't know how to play like in any other tunings or anything oh, i did, think i think that would give you an understanding of i think it just is like just ma- actually like makes you lazier in some ways because oh, yeah. you can just bar everything yeah, you don't yeah, even yeah, have yeah. to like when I, you were starting out, who'd you guys play along with? Like, like who were you listening to? To uh, when I I got a bass for my 14th birthday, and I stayed up all night and didn't go to sleep learning how to play AFI guitar leads on the high strings of a bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. like the God called Sick today part, like on like that. <laughs> that was that was pretty uh pretty big. And then Operation Ivy, I learned all the Operation Ivy songs on guitar or bass. Guitar, yeah. That's when I because then I I I played bass, but not really. I kind of like. Got really into it for a little bit and then kind of got over it. Um, and because those bass lines are really hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I never learned those. That, um, but I learned how to play guitar when I was like seventeen. My my friend was just like, "Yeah, this is how you play uh, Brain Stew," and then I just was like, "Oh, and then I'll learn all these Operation Ivy songs." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was like they're pretty easy, but really, yeah. really fun to yeah. play. Lots of AFI it's, songs. For yeah. Me. yeah, yeah, really. Tried to learn them all. Couldn't learn that many of them. Really? <laughs> um, like what era? Sticking in my eye by No Effects. That was like uh, a dude, big yeah. guitar song for yeah. me. Yeah, that bass intro is so awesome too. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, what was that song by Screeching Weasel? Cool Kids or something? Oh yeah, you learned that one. That was like a, I remember my friend and I like trying to learn that one together on bass, and it was like three fucking notes and it was yeah. really kids hard don't punch women in the face yeah that's yeah. the one that's the one <laughs> but yeah what's interesting is like on the new record like i feel like a song like like heart tattoo or something where it's like that progression i feel like i've heard like a million times and it's, it's like progression. yeah and the first time i heard it, i was like oh i've heard this before and now it's like my favorite song in the record <laughs> it's so it like i feel that's sort of what i was trying to say earlier i guess mm-hmm. like it's it's interesting that's kind of a good example of like being like like writing that being like oh can you really write a song that's just the fucking blink 182 progression and then just be like fuck it like this is how it goes right like, this is it and not like just kind of trusting that be like nah this is tight for sure but you're also kind of like it's the fucking blink 182 thing you know what i mean it's like it sounds kind of like a middle school band like you know what i mean like it's a r- insanely obvious done a million times progression but that's just how it, how the song goes but you're right like that lead line over it is so interesting 
Yeah, uh, it's like, uh, it sounds kind of tropical. I don't know. Yeah, it's very tropical. I don't know. It's funny. I was at the show last night and I had a friend there who's from Torrance and he was like, this is, this Joyce Manor record is the most I've seen written about Torrance ever. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like no one ever writes about it. Yeah, it's really nice that people have been saying that. How it like yeah, captures yeah. the feeling of the South Bay really well. It's cool. That's really cool. I think like that, that's a thing that the descendants kind of did too. It's mm-hmm. like really nice. To, I think it's also very intentional. I think that, that casual feeling of driving down Rosecrans. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Just <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how it feels. <laughs> yeah, I grew Fuck. up in Ohio, and I was like, I, I love that song about heated swimming pools, but that was like not my like. No one had a pool like yeah. that. I was like, are <laughs> pools heated? I think they are. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's funny. You gotta be rich, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you can have a pool, and then it's like a nicer pool if it's heated, or they're all heated. Or if you have an apartment building that okay. has one. Yeah, heat, a heated pool. It's expensive to heat a swimming pool. Okay. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't do it. Pool talk. I think pool talk. I think everybody that has a pool, like gets a pool, regrets it. Yeah. I think it's like a. I think everyone. It's a lot is of like, money. Don't fucking get a pool. It's a lot of maintenance my too. Life. Right? A lot of maintenance. It's yeah. The, it's the insurance you have to pay for. Yeah, I think what it you, ruins your life. Because people will drown in it. Yeah. So you have to have insurance just for a pool? Hell yeah. Really? Yeah. And now the new thing is, uh, I'm so happy this is going where it's going. <laughs> Saltwater pools. Oh, it's sure. turning out that it's cheaper. Yeah. It's more expensive to start, but cheaper to maintain because you don't have to put chlorine in it because the saltwater does what the chlorine would do naturally. Mm. I learned this recently too. My right? girlfriend's parents are like, we got to turn our pool into a saltwater pool. Mm-hmm. Really? How often do you, do you have to change out the salt a lot? That, that I don't know. Can you ask your girlfriend's parents Please. about this? And Can get you back call to them us? now? Yeah. Oh, my phone a friend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the game show portion has started. <laughs> like I'm doing this really cool interview right now. <laughs> it's going exactly the way you thought it would. Yeah. So, so if someone drowns in your pool. Are you? If you have insurance, then like you don't. You're not liable or something. There, there. I mean, I don't know the full logistics of it, but there's you know definitely rules about it of having like if they i think it's if you have it and someone you know hops the fence and fucks around oh. and then they get hurt you know um but i think a certain amount of people you have to have a lifeguard all kinds of various things Interesting. i don't know the ins and the outs who, here, who here passed the bar <laughs> <laughs> who knows that not me so you fly here to play one show and then is there a tour beginning? Is it, are, are we, are we festing? Are we, are we festivaling all over the place now? Or? Uh, late August, the mm-hmm. tour starts. Okay. Just do full US and then we're going to Europe in November. Mm-hmm. With uh, Cheap Girls. Nice. Good band. Very nice. And then more stuff from there. Right on. But nothing really fully hashed out yet. I saw the video on AV Club. Oh yeah. They linked up to that, which is very cool. Yeah, thanks. It's like my favorite website, so. <laughs> cool. Anytime they link up, I'm like, oh, it must be cool because I enjoy them immensely. And when you, uh, how did the video come about to go together? And also, why did you do one? Uh, <laughs> we had like a little flip flip, uh, flip camera or whatever. What was it called? Flip cam? Flip cam, yeah. And a couple years ago. Yeah, like on our, like one of our first U.S. tours. Um, That's actually our third one, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just kind of filmed stuff. And uh, needed to put together, or we decided to put together a video of the footage. We were meant to do it a long time ago. And then just kind of revisited the footage and was like, oh, there's some good shit in here. And then just kind of threw it together. Do you feel like you need to do that now? No. Um, But you want to. It's fun. Yeah, it was fun to edit. It was fun to just like go through it and like kind of put it together. Um, 
there's very little like i i think that it, it's boring to watch a video like that's put together like that of just like the dude's hanging out the dude's playing live you know like it, mm-hmm. it, i mean it's there's nothing like wrong with it but i kind of feel like the footage we used was a little more interesting just because it was you know shit we saw fire dancer i used to get in arguments way back at in the fuse days with the the video department because they didn't like videos of just bands playing they wouldn't show yeah, them they, they were like sh- no just performance no, videos you have to have like a weird story you line, have to have a storyline and which they, is like i fucking hate videos that have like a concept yeah 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 you have to have like some weird car crash and at the end it's not really it's like a dream or like yeah. the guy's dead the whole time or something and my and my point when i would uh argue this uh which was uh as jonah can tell you a very delicate situation who i was arguing with um is that you've never been in a band i can see where you're coming from but if you've been in a band you like to watch people play even if they're pretend playing Mm -hmm. you know even if it's you know synced up and you like watching people rock out and i enjoyed that so it was it's always fascinating to see these videos that i thought were great just get you know passed away but it's also like what can you do with it but if you're in a band you also know how bad it sucks to like play this fake play the same song for like 10 hours in one day yeah i just i don't see a point to them anymore yeah music videos yeah, I just don't. I think it's like, I think it's just a different point or something. Yeah. Like, I think it's just like another promotional tool to like let people know it's out there. Yeah. The lyric videos I'm a fan of as someone who has always sung the wrong lyrics to every song for my life and have gotten into actual fights with it. Are those <laughs> sheets dirty or are they turning? I did not know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like fist fights with my best friend growing up. Like, no, it's fucking dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's dirty, by the way. Here's what I don't get the most, though, is when a band's like, we're releasing our track listing for a new record. And it's like, I don't know what any of these songs sound like. Who cares? God. Yeah. I hate that shit. God. So what do you guys do when you're not... Or like a band is entering the studio? Yeah, yeah. Who gives a fuck? Well, that's why I I start being like absolute punk, because it's like, every time I go on, it's like, Silverstein has a new merch design. And you're like, yeah, that's news? Give me a fucking break. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. Yeah. Content. Content. That's, what, yeah. that's yeah. what people like. People like content. Some well, it's, it's someone. Uh, I was talking to this buddy of mine who's a who's a professional like like editor, and he and his what he does is he puts together, you know, like cool fun trailer spots, or he'll his company will change the entire look of a network. Like they'll put it in like down to the fonts. And one of the people he works for is HBO, and he was working on Game of Thrones stuff, and he said it's so hard because creatively you want to put something together but no one gives a shit how it's put together they just yeah. want new stuff yeah they want to know yeah, what's yeah. going to happen who are we going to see yeah. like what what's this and is uh, i'm a big comic nerd mm. and i loathe the term spoiler <clears throat> but you know you it's like when you have a new song like if the song is finished a fan wants to hear it because they're excited about it you know mm-hmm. and it's like when do you leak it how do you put it out there blah 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 but it's Everyone's just so hungry for the immediate gratification of it, which is my whole point about videos is why are you going to put something together that I'm only going to watch either on my phone or my computer? Yeah. You know, it's weird. I'm not going to watch it on, you know, a big flat screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it kind of gets together. But when you, what with going to Epitaph, do you talk about that sort of thing? Like, hey, we're going to let this song go first. Because it's not really releasing a single anymore. It's what song do you decide yeah. is going to be yeah. your first hit? Uh, I got to roll it out, bro. Yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely some... Uh, some thought that goes behind that. I, I think Epitaph were so much nicer than people thought they would be. Like they, they were definitely like, you know, we get that question a lot. Like, oh, do they, do they make you do shit? Do they make you do some weird stuff you don't want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, no, 
they're very like very uh make sure we were comfortable with everything already. i don't mean like they asked like what song do you guys want to put out for yeah, yeah it wasn't like we think this one has potential too and it's and it's a great building and yeah uh <laughs> the building is great it's beautiful yeah, it's, so cool. I, oh, it's I, a cool building. It is a cool building. With their was, tiered garden. Yeah, it's an old, um, it's an old like trolley repair yep. building. Yep. So it's got those cool old it's, sliding it, doors. And it's right by the bridge from uh, under the bridge by Red Hot Chili. Peppers. Oh wow! <laughs> oh right That's on. That's the bridge. The Silver Lake Bridge. Mm-hmm. Brett's uh, Brett's, de- Brett's desk is in the middle of everybody else's, and he has these like huge speakers, and he always wants to show you music in this like office where everyone's working and he just like <laughs> plays it super loud and he's always like fucking with it like His giant EQ. studio monitors <laughs> yeah it's awesome i was there once and i moderated an interview for alternative press between fat mike and brett about doing a label in a band oh wow it's pretty cool yeah then, uh, i thought i thought isn't there like um, that's that's silly i was i thought they didn't like each other yeah they seemed to well yeah. th- what was funny was that it was very clear that like mike was much more f- familiar with like because they had to name their five favorite releases from each other and Fat Mike's were so specific. He's like, I'll come to Wolves, but like minus this one song and it's perfect. <laughs> or like, like yeah. all these things. And Brett's like, I don't know, The Decline. I've never uh, heard any of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny. Brett has a very specific way of, of, of like organizing his iTunes playlist. Like he has it down to how many stars yes. go in and how it, how it Dude, rotates he does. through. Yeah, he's it's super anal about that. Really like crazy. It. But it was also interesting. Like I was like, what music are you into now? And he was like, big boy. Like, like it was not punk at all mm-hmm. like he seems like he listens to like a ton of different kinds of Who, stuff Brett? yeah Brett likes the Beatles a lot yeah he's very uh he's like just I don't know yeah I mean maybe you know more than I do but like I, uh, no you, I'm sure you know more than I do yeah whenever we talk about music he just wants to talk about the Beatles yeah yeah it's cool that's interesting I like talking about the Beatles a lot I, really which record I I changes a lot I I really think Magical Mystery Tour is like insanely underrated mm-hmm. because I just think that the jump from uh from Revolver to Sgt. Pepper, like, it was so huge. And there wasn't as, like, there wasn't even really, like, a big jump in, like, I don't know, recording techniques or just songwriting from that to Magical Mystery Tour. But I think the songs are better. Well, but that Magical Mystery Tour, like, had to happen because they were going to break up because Epstein died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they did that. They, like, and that was, like, the one saving grace, I think, of Paul McCartney in that is that he was like, do something, otherwise we're going to dissolve. Yeah, he's so bummed, which is why that record is so out there. And he's like, everybody get on a goddamn bus. Yeah, just keep it together, which is very cool. The but movie was the movie was uh, not so good, but the album I really like. Yeah, it's a good record. Yeah, I always fluctuate between either Rubber Solo or Revolver. It depends on my mood. Those are, those are considered the, the best. It's, They're so good. Oh, it's so obnoxious. I like Help a lot. Help is a great They record. just started smoking weed with Bob Dylan, and yeah, they got good. The Help. second half of Abbey Road is like the you know the medley. That's mm-hmm. my favorite thing that they've ever done. Yeah, but I, Rubber Soul is my favorite record. Yep, I bag it. And uh, it's funny, Let It Be is like my least favorite record, but with my favorite song because it's got Across the Universe on it. Mm. Yeah. Yuck, I actually yuck, don't yuck, like Sgt. Pepper that much. I, I, the I, last track. Day in the Life is, Day in the Life is so really fucking great. good. I but the rest I, of it, it's like fucking five minute sitar track. and Yeah, yeah it's a weird one. But Lovely Read is a fucking great tune. That's true. Lucy's good. Um, but uh, you know what it is? It's, 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 um, and I have this, I love this discussion, which is I think bands should do nothing but EPs, you know, four songs like every, you know, once a year. I completely and, agree. And then just, and tour yeah. when you want and just do that. And I think that Sgt. Pepper is, there's songs that qualify as Beatles filler which mm-hmm. is for any other band that would be your hit but for the Beatles yeah, it's a minor absolutely you know and there's some 
killer songs. Then I like Good Morning is a great song on there. I don't fuck with that, dude. Good Morning, that's like a nightmare to me. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I like that song. <laughs> I don't. I don't do that. Nah. Doesn't doesn't feature. I'm just thinking about it right now, and I'm just it's making me like yeah. Uh, you don't like you don't like them going into the audio vault and like gonna fuck with you. Nah, I don't like it. I got a band for you. Next time you're here in New York, if they still play, they they play very, very rarely. It used to be a lot. They're called the Fab Foe. Okay. And it's Will Lee from Letterman's band and Jimmy Vivino, the guy who runs Conan's band. Mm. And they are insane Beatles fanatics. Okay. So they have a five piece and they've all gone to a vocal coach to learn how to sing like the Beatles and they play an entire record live the way it sounds recorded. Whoa. I would love to see that. I've seen them do the White Album twice. Oh my gosh. And I've seen them do uh, Rubber Soul once. And they they even do like the Beatles solo records and they'll do all that. I've wanted to see Sgt. Pepper because apparently they pull in like strings and stuff. I think that would be a lot of fun to see live. But okay, here's here's, here's a friend of mine who saw the Beatles said this this is... uh, how you can tell like super Beatles fans. Um, who sings, uh, who, uh, who plays bass on I will on the white album? Klaus Vorman. Mm. Keep going. I don't know. So dumb and nerdy. No, no one. Paul McCartney sings it. Oh. You listen to it. He's oh. going. Doom, doom, oh yeah. Yeah. Doom. I knew that. I knew yeah. that. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Yep. Damn it. No. What's your favorite solo Beatle release? Um, uh, don't come easy, Ringo Starr. Really? Yeah, that's the first single. No he was way. the first Beatle to have a hit. Yeah, first single. Yeah. Do you ever hear the one that uh, John Lennon recorded with Harry Nilsson? That like wasted cocaine album. No, it's not that good. Uh, a couple <laughs> good songs. Is that, how, is that the? Was that where Harry Nilsson destroyed his voice? Yeah, doing that right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they would just like go out and party and get really fucked up every night and then record was this some songs. In LA? Was this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And uh, yeah, Harry Nilsson's voice was never the same after that record. <laughs> Because he just like couldn't hit the notes, so he's just like shouting at them and just totally destroyed his voice. He oh. had like maybe the most beautiful voice yeah, yeah, ever. Completely. I love that it's John Lennon's fault. I like that. <clears throat> yeah. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but I like Ram and Band on the Run. I like really? Ram a lot. Yeah. See, I, I can't I can't abide by McCartney without the other three guys. He, he oh, put out a lot Paul's, of junk. Paul's my favorite Beatle. Yeah. In the Beatles anyway. Yeah. I mean he could Yeah, play. a lot of his solo stuff is kind of none, none of them really had great solo careers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There was this interview. With, Whose Christmas song do you like better? Sorry to totally interrupt you. Oh, his Christmas song? The Paul one? Simply yeah. Having a Wonderful Christmas Time? Mm-hmm. No. Or the John Lennon one? I forget what it's called. So This Is so Christmas? So This Is Christmas? Yeah. I like the Paul one. I like the John one. Really? So I, 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 I'm I don't with, like either of them that much. I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> I like them both. Yeah, there's no I, reason to write a Christmas one, tune. That puts a smile yeah. on your face. Yeah, it's like, what's, what's the point? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't really like Christmas songs that much. I love Christmas songs. Yeah, you like uh, Bing Crosby? Yeah, man. Let's talk about Bing Crosby. (laughs) Buh, buh, buh. You really cornered that Christmas market. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to record all these. Matt King Cole. You know what's a nice Christmas song is uh, Vince Guaraldi, the the, um, Christmas Time is Here. That's that's true. gorgeous one. That's true. Sorry, Tony Thaxon. We're jumping into your podcast here for a minute. Yeah, is that what he talks about? Feliz Navi Pod. Yeah, it's all Christmas stuff. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's tight. Yeah, he's great. You guys should do his podcast. He's in LA. Okay. Uh, um, best Christmas song, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight. Remember oh, this? yeah, that one's so beautiful. That's a really good one. Uh, the Pogues. Fairytale New York, oh, yeah. Fairytale God, God. nice. That's a good great call. Uh, that, low, that Low Christmas song is oh, really fantastic. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring that up earlier. I think Low did a Halloween set of like Misfits covers, but like like Low versions. Oh, cool. That really? is kind of like the go-to band I can't costume. find it anywhere, but I feel like I fucking heard that. 
I heard that and I maybe I dreamed it. Sounds it. like sounds vaguely familiar to yeah. me. But I can't find it anywhere in the internet. I'm always like, oh, I gotta I gotta check that out. And there's like like traces of it, like yeah. there's like talk of it, but I can't find it. Like <laughs> video of the set or like recording of the in, I said, I don't in know. the world of today's interwebs, you can't find something means it's that's hard. It maybe doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe we just need to look harder. I used to like this ska punk band called The Other Cuts, and I can't find anything about them. <laughs> I looked it up the other day at work. It's always exciting when you still can't really find something on the yeah. internet. It, oh my god, a frontier. It's like a treasure. I found a frontier. Yeah. It becomes a treasure. What's bummed me out is that like I've gotten so lazy where it's like, I was at my parents' house and I have so many CDs, but now I just listen to almost everything on like Spotify audio. And yeah. then I'll, I'm like, I want to listen to Chokehold and they won't have it. And I'll be like, Ugh. and I'll like tweet at them. I'll be like, you should get Chokehold. And they're like, <laughs> they're like no, we what? shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no one cares. You haven't, you haven't tried uh, iTunes Match? No, I don't know how that works. Dude, it, they, you, I put all my CDs on iTunes and then sold them all. And then iTunes Match will... Uh, for 25 bucks a year, match up all your songs to whatever device you have so that anywhere you are, I can listen to them. Oh, wow. And they only do it up to 25,000 songs, uh, which means I had to get rid of a lot of shit, which was kind of funny. <laughs> wow. My wife was like, really? I'm like, I don't know. You're like, you're agonizing over this guy to buy Voices record. It has like two hits on it. I'm like, I know, but I I might need it at yeah. some point yeah. on, a, on a road trip. I might decide that I like the rest of them one day. Maybe someday. Yeah, God. Is your iTunes match just all got to buy Voices 25,000 songs? It could be. <laughs> I, think, I think Bob's written over 5,000 songs, he said. I think actually that was in the 90s, so he's probably written 10,000 now. So many. Yeah. I loved going to see them when, not this lineup, the classic lineup, because classic, they, they don't sound good, but, um, Toby's awesome, Sprout's though. great. I saw him, the, I saw him recently and it was fucking awesome. Really? It was so inspiring and like, made I me s- feel so good. I saw that when they first came out, that first tour around with the classic lineup and yeah. it was god awful. Drummer's so bad. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, fucking god. love it. I hate when bands get like a ringer, like it was great drummer. And I, just oh, like, I love right. that. Cause they would nah, play, they I would play the bad drummers. <laughs> bad drummers. So tight. No. <laughs> so much more exciting. You're like this could fall apart at any second. So fun. You know, Trevor barely got it. At a time when I was <laughs> more, at a time when I would not care about how I got into the show, but now when I purposely bought a ticket to go see it, yeah, I don't need to see them fall apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, tr- I think I, I think I qualify saying I've seen enough shitty guided by voices shows. Yeah, when I saw. Have you noticed he gets better at singing as he gets more wasted? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's phenomenal. Yeah, like they, they played Brothers and the Dreadful Crow second, and he was like really flat and like straining a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the set, he was like wasted, like just drinking tequila, mm-hmm. and just sounded like an angel. Like he was just nailing stuff. I was like, he's, there's no way he's going to get that top note. And then he's just like, no I saw problem. that once at the House of Blues out in LA, and I think it was Universal Truths and Cycles. It was that one. And my buddy and I got so drunk, we kicked in the door of the dressing room and just went and hung out with him. How was it? It was, ama- it, it was, he was so nice. Yeah. And it was funny because, uh, it was like, like all the strokes were there and Queens of the yeah. Stone Age and Tenacious D and me and my dumb drunk other substitute teacher buddy. <laughs> and we walk in and my friend was like, that's Drew Barrymore. And of course it was. And I think I got up in her face and went, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would know. And then, and then Pollard came over and just started hugging us. He went, you're my brothers. And we we're like, oh my God. And just started yeah. sobbing. It was so First great. time I saw him, I was, uh, it's a long story. So I'll just keep skip going. A lot of it. Yeah, uh, no, do it. it. We love it. It's my birthday. Uh, my 23rd birthday <sighs> and uh, the day before his birthday. And, um, we went to go see him at the Wiltern. Yeah. Oh, and great. tickets had sold out for the floor. And so we had balcony tickets. And I asked, I was like, 
can we, it's my birthday, can I, can we switch these for floor tickets? And they're like, all right, sure. And so we got there and we're like, yeah, I'm going to see God Voices, favorite band. And um, there was like a very front section and I went and to go down there and like, oh, this is for like VIP tickets only. But if it doesn't fill up before they're going to play, you can go down there. It's like, okay, cool. And so we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, and they're going to play. And the lady's like, yeah, it's too full. We can't let you go down there. I was like, oh, man. And so I went and go grab a beer. I come back, and then she's, like, waving at me. And she's like, grab all your friends. Like, just go ahead. So we go, and I have, like, my arms on the stage right up front. And uh, during Weed King, I get up on stage and sing a little bit of Weed King and Bob Pollard. He hands me a tequila, (sighs) drinks some tequila. It's great. That's and then I, I go to leave and he grabs me and pulls me back and gives me more tequila. And I'm just like, this is so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that's one of my favorite bands. It was really cool. Did you ever, did you ever cover one? Did you ever try it? No, I think it's just too obvious. I think we're like very, you can like hear the influence too much for it to be a, a you know, smart cover. Chinese Telephone does a good cover. I can't they do. They do they a do. good Game of Pricks. Yeah. So does Jimmy World. Jimmy World. Yeah. Jimmy World does like, yeah, they Great do the other version. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how he hates uh, Teenage FBI so much. I love that one. He, yeah, I love that record too, but he hates the production on it. He hates everything. Do the Collapse, yeah, it sounds kind of stupid. Yeah. I think Jim Atkins had like a J- Got It By Voices cover band yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, we've, we've asked oh, him we about have. it a bunch. We have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we have. <laughs> so like and he's like, I did it once, and we're like, no, but we're so fascinated with the fact he did a GBB <laughs> cover band. Ah, they're great. God, I love that band. He had, he had, he had it's a so bo- annoying that I did that, that I that I got on stage and was like, you're my hero. <laughs> no. Can I sing with you? You wasted on your birthday. Yeah. wasted on my birthday. Made it all the way from the balcony. Dude, I went to mm. a book signing of that, dude. I love oh, really? my voices. Yeah, Me too. They're one of my favorite There were some interesting on stage moments last night, I felt. Yeah. <laughs> I Hell felt yeah. Like, <laughs> like there were some very, some very, there were some very awkward mean. stage dives. Me behavior, or like, <laughs> like like how I would behave at shows. Yeah, awkward I, stage dives. I, well, I just felt like I like I remember I I like jumped on stage during a Misfits set once, and I tried to give someone like a high five, and they were like, "I'm playing guitar." And yeah. I was like 15, and I was like, "What up, please? Yeah. Yeah. please!" Yeah. Oh, you got to give that kid a high five. Yeah, like, come on, no one gives a fuck you're playing on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I would like for to not be stage dives anymore, just because I'm old and I'm, I'm bored with them. Yeah, me too. I'm bored with them. Yeah. There's there's got to be a better way to express your enthusiasm at yeah. this point. Yeah, maybe don't do it. Yeah, I saw, I saw Fugazi Dude, right? at the shrine once, and and some guy was like crowd surfing, and at one point, of course, Ian went, "Dude, why wait for the music? Just fucking do it." Yeah, <laughs> and this kid did. He just jumped up on everybody with no sound. I was like, "That's actually really funny." <laughs> the first, I went to Warped Tour in '97, and people were like pitting between sets. Mm-hmm. They're just pitting to nothing. That yeah. was like, it's almost like backyard wrestling. Why, yeah. don't you just like, why don't you just join a backyard that, I wrestling? I like when you go to like a Get Up Kids show or something and kids are doing it and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Dude, I saw kids slamming at a Smithereen show once. Oh, wow. And, I, and I, re- I literally looked at this guy and went, what are you, yeah, stop what, it. And what are you went, hearing? It's a show, man. I'm like, just because it's a show doesn't mean yeah. you elbow me. Like, Did to, you ever, to, were you ever a stage diver? Uh, no, nah, not, well, yeah, a couple times. Come on. Yeah, but not once every couple years. I feel like I'll do it. You're very, you, but you're very particular. It's a lot of it's a lot of love. Yeah, I, last time I did it was at a No Effect show. Yeah, I used to I used to like that shit a lot. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Where yeah. was that '97 Warp Tour in LA? I was there and I went to that one. Uh, I think it was maybe a Cal State Long Beach. Yeah, is that, does that, that sound that, right? That bike track. Mm-hmm. That both yeah. That was a good lineup that year. I think like nice. Descendants, Suicide yeah. Machines, mm-hmm. Sick of It All, Vandals. Mm-hmm. Pennywise, yes, it was. The, it was the first year they had more than two stages, and people mm-hmm. were outraged. 
staged. Yeah. There was a small stage, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquabats played that one. Yeah, I was terrified. You guys really see scary the, to be there. Do you guys me. see the, the bill for that, like, fucking Legends of Epitaph tour that's, like... No. Oh, yeah. Who is it's it? Like, it's, like, Offspring, Bad Religion, Pennywise, and the Vandals. Really? Uh, and it's, like, they're, like, all touring. It's all, I think it's at, like, Terminal 5 well, next month. It's... I'll have to go to that. <laughs> if I'm here, I'll go to that. It's, it's pretty weird. crazy. Is it Josh Freeze? Is he playing with him? I don't know. I saw him play with the Vandals one. Well, maybe at that tour. He's probably like, playing in every band. The, yeah. the Vandals are such a weird band because like, I do like a pop punk DJ night uh-huh. and, and some girl requested the Vandals. But I feel like I always think of Vandals as like old Vandals, like peace through vandalism. But then like she's like, I want something off like live fast diarrhea. And I feel like that stuff is so different to me. Even that's, that's like, like stuff old Vandals. Yeah, I guess too. that's old too. I like that stuff too, but it's like... Are they still around at all? Like, I don't they know. Still, they like got sued for making like Hollywood potato the, chip. The Variety magazine thing. <laughs> they got, like, really, really sued to where they like, couldn't be a band. I can't say that really? I follow that band at all. I don't know. There was something where, like well, Joe Escalante is like a hard. I mean, he's like you know the punk rock Republican. Like he's like is he a lawyer or something? He's yeah. a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, like, a radio so show. Like, that he just gets he has yeah. like a, he has like he does a commercial yeah. for Legal Zoom. Really? Yeah, where he like talks about how you have to like trademark your band name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He knows his <laughs> shit. It's very funny. Does he represent you guys? They're they're funny because they're like almost <laughs> they're like almost dead milkmen. Where dead milkmen are like respected, but like funny goofball punk band. But you know, like no one's like rolling their eyes at dead milkmen, right? But you vandals are kind of an eye roll. You know, you're like, oh Jesus, the vandals. You know, but like, but they're legitimately f- funny songs. They're yeah. like kind of awesome. Good Christmas. Like Warren record. is like like a legitimate like crazy person who is good at this shit at guitar. I don't know. Like why don't they have the same respect as Dead Milkman? I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe because they just kept fucking doing it and wouldn't yeah. like put it to bed. You yeah, know? that's maybe probably. if they had put it to bed. Who knows? That I was really excited when I was listening to a lot of Guttermouth, dude. Did you guys ever listen to that? Yeah, I mm-hmm. fucking loved Guttermouth. That was <laughs> such a band full of bullies. Yeah. yeah Homophobic man. jerks. I'm, yeah. Su- I'm surprised that I grew up a half-decent person. Yeah, I thought that, that was fantastic. <laughs> me too. It's all really awful. Really awful. It makes me feel so weird when I listen oh to it. Oh, gosh, oh. yeah. Yeah, you don't, th- you don't think about that at the time because you're not taught differently. But it's interesting that that your brain shifts to where it is, you know what I mean? When you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I get it. That was just dickish. Okay, yeah. fine. All right. But the riffs are cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that shit, though. It's like people out here, like, you know, in New York who listen to Screwdriver. Yeah. Like, just Just ignore the lyrics. Just ignore it. That's like a little I'm gonna go. Out, I'm going to go out and limit. I fucking love the first Screwdriver record. Yeah. I love it. And but you're not alone. <laughs> you're definitely not alone. I know. <laughs> do, I, do I, should I feel bad? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I just so. don't. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> It's fucking you good. Gotta be true to hey, yourself. you don't you don't love the second, third, or fourth. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't. <laughs> you like the Beatles? John Lennon is on record as a misogynistic prick. Yeah. So I mean, super materialistic. Yeah, like he had so much shit. He's yeah. like he's like a hoarder, but he's like no possessions. It's like, dude, you have a lot of stuff. I heard, <laughs> him, I heard that him and Yoko like invested a lot of money in the beef industry. Is that true? Oh God, wow. I hope it is. <laughs> I yeah. really hope it is. I don't know that's true. God, there Mac- is a pun here and I cannot find it. <laughs> and it is going to destroy me. It's It'll all we are saying is give beef a chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> we got you. Yes. Go buy their record now. They're on Epitaph. Go buy Joyce Mayer's new record, Never Hung Over Again. Uh, thank you guys for coming by on your one day in New York. I would have slept in. <laughs> 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 they came in at 11 in the morning. Know, they were here before amazing. me. That was amazing. And that's why, that's why the record's doing well. 
Yeah, that's yeah. probably why they're successful too. <laughs> Hello. And I'm wearing board shorts. Uh, he is. So, wearing free board shorts. It's okay. I'm wearing free board shorts. And I got these pretty from tight. Carey. I gotta say. What? They're pretty tight. Thank you. Got these from Patrick Carey. Um, from the Limbeck. tight is in there too tight fitting. I wish they were tighter. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> me too. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know about it. Uh, but check it out. We have probably 120 other episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, you can visit us online. We get, we get some lovely emails from people on Facebook saying, I just discovered you guys, and I'm going back and listening to all of them. I'm like, cool. We should, make, we should charge for the older ones. Oh, yeah. Because it'd be nice to get some dough <laughs> to keep it going. I feel, like, I, feel like that's, I feel those people would be like, I, I don't want to hear the older ones are that bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on, you guys aren't Mark Maron. Yeah, we'll, get over yourselves. We'll Not do uh, some DVDs where we'll reenact the uh, the taping of going off track stage plays. Yeah, you know, like they do with like detectives shows and stuff. They reenact. Yeah, can we can I, get the interns to play us. Oh my, dude, this is amazing. <laughs> I love everything about this. Can I say something like incredibly embarrassing? You know, what <laughs> show I cannot stop watching on Netflix, and it sucks so bad. Did you ever see the show The Rules of Engagement with David Spade? <laughs> it's like this horrible... Oh, it's like a sitcom, right? <laughs> it's so bad, and I've gotten in this weird pattern where I just watch like seven episodes a day and didn't just feel bad about myself. Uh, Do you we, ever get that way? Like, like sometimes the opposite you just, of therapy. Sometimes you just want to like shut off your brain, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm like, I should watch True Detectives. I'm like, I'm going to be like engaged and paying attention. I just want to like watch something so stupid but now it's become a thing where like i can't not do it and i'll be out with friends like at like a cool show I'm like i gotta get home <laughs> like what is that it's, i love it it happens you get addicted to crap shows sometimes it's the worst form of meditation yeah, basically it, it's like the next stop is desperate housewives and real housewives trish is like that she's like i just need to turn my brain off so she'll watch ncis oh my god but then she gets hooked on them so she has to record them and then watch, like, just got to turn my head off. Or True Blood or, or Castle, which it's got Nathan Philly in it, so how bad could it be? But it's just, oh, my God. And I, I, I sit there, and she's like, all the shows you watch are crap. I'm like, no, the shows I watch are art. <laughs> Archer. They're literal art. People drew them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird. This show, it's like David Spade, like, always gets, like, a hot girl every episode. And you're like, dude, seriously? <laughs> like, not playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that dude had some game from what I've heard. He, he, I still think he's he always plays the exact same like smug asshole character, but it is still funny to me. <laughs> like when he, I don't know. I think he, he's great. How many times have you seen Joe Dirt? A lot of times. There you go. A lot of times. <laughs> uh, so anyway, sorry about that tangent. But uh, we're going off track dot com. They're not listening. We're on Twitter. They're totally gone. We're on There's Facebook. no one here. No. <laughs> Am I talking? To- I should do that thing now. Like, hey, uh, what do you have to say, listener? <laughs> and we can listen because no one's still listening. Wow, that's great. We value your opinion here at Going Off Track. Please donate. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean that by saying, you know, I I think by saying please donate, it makes people not do it because our success rate by saying please donate and actually getting donations is 100. (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, Well, if you're still listening, thank you for making it this far. Um, And we will be back next week. And thanks to Joyce Manor for coming by, you guys. Yeah, if you're listening to anything, listen to them. Yes. Yes.